Today we continue week two of a three-week sermon series, Pray Always. Today we're going to talk about prayer as it relates to addressing our need and the need of others. Weddings. You know, over the years, had an opportunity to, as a pastor, privilege to be involved with a whole bunch of different weddings. And every one of them different. Every one of them unique. There have been some interesting places where I've gone and presided over at weddings. Certainly in sanctuaries, here and traveling to other places. Backyard weddings. I presided at weddings at a camp. Had an opportunity to be at a wedding even on the Jersey Shore. In the Atlantic Ocean. We walked out, the, the waves were crashing way in the distance, and we walked out a ways, and, and we gathered with their, their maid of honor and, and best man, and all of a sudden, all the people from the beach came up and kind of gathered around, and, and that was kind of a unique setting. Each one of the weddings were a time of joy. It was a time to celebrate publicly the gift of love that these two people have found in each other. That said... Weddings are also times of high anxiety. They are most stressful times in life. You got to navigate all sorts of interesting things. You have two people coming together with two stories that are different and trying to merge them together and, and negotiate and navigate can be really hard. So as a result, a lot of praying happens when you get down to weddings. There's prayers about the weather. I always remind the couple, I'm not in manufacturing, I'm in sales and assurance, so I can do nothing about the weather. <laughs> There's prayers about, do these two really know what they're doing? There's prayers about, dear God, please let the people who come to my wedding be nice to each other. It's only three hours. Let them be nice to each other. All sorts of prayers. All sorts of prayers. In this morning's gospel, this story about Jesus at a wedding is kind of unique in that there are no prayers involved. No prayers in this story. Later on when Jesus does miracles, Jesus will be praying Jesus prays when he takes the fish and the bread and he feeds the 5,000. Jesus prays when he raises Lazarus from the dead. But here at this first miracle, there's no prayer. There is a conversation, but it's between mother and son. And Mama Mary, she says to her son, we have a problem, Houston, we have a situation here something we need to fix. There's no wine. You know this isn't going to look good. You know they're going to be talking about this wedding for years to come. And it isn't going to be fond memories. Jesus, what do you want me to do? My hour's not yet come. What do you want me to do? My hour, Jesus refers to the hour. This is later on in the gospel when Jesus on the cross is lifted up and God's love is shown to all people, a love to bring people together. But it's not yet time for that. So what do you want me to do? 
And Jesus is told by his mother, follows what his mother's words are, right? He, he tells the stewards to take the water and, and wine. But no prayer over the water. No prayer at all. Just fill them up and, and serve them out. Very interesting. Very interesting that we have this situation of need. When we find ourselves in need, I don't know about you, but for me, when I find myself in need in life, I get down on my knees real quick. I turn to God in prayer really quickly when things seem to be like they've run and out, when things are in crisis mode, when there's a situation that I just can't figure out. I turn to God, and I think there's something in, in, in human DNA that has us to turn to God when the problems and the struggles of life are just so big that we just can't figure out how to negotiate or how to navigate. We turn for God for guidance, for care, for resolution. In Scripture, throughout the centuries, God's people have been turning to God in prayer, seeking for God's resolution, God's restoration, God's resurrection. And in the times when life was hardest, when the oppression was most, when it seemed like they just could not even have the water in the jugs to turn into wine, when it seemed like everything was hopeless, then God's people turned to God and imagined that time in the far future, at the end of all times, when God would bring peace. When God would bring healing that passes understanding. It may not happen in this life, but God will bring people together in such a way that there is no more mourning or crying. There is no more sorrow. Yearning for that time in the future when people will feast, when the hungry will be filled with good things when all the things that we pray for in our lives and in the lives of others will be answered. Do you know the image that they used to talk about that day? This unending feast? Many times, it was a wedding. It was a wedding feast. A feast, a celebration of love and joy for the whole community. That was part of the imagination for centuries. And it is that imagination that John recalls as he shares the story of Jesus and a wedding. It encompasses the yearnings and the prayers of people who have found themselves in struggle and in need throughout the centuries. And right there at the start of Jesus' ministry, Jesus is at a wedding and there's a crisis. And Jesus, by his own presence, brings forth God's abundance. Jesus proclaims the abundance of God, that future feast of love and care. And we're given a foretaste of that at the beginning of this gospel. And the very next story, Jesus presents his own body 
as a new connection, as a new temple, as a new place for us to be linked with God. And throughout this gospel story, from this point on to that very cross, we see the love of God embodied in the life, the ministry, the words, the actions of Jesus. And not only is Jesus about these things, but the people that he gathers around him, the people that trust and believe, that come together as community in Christ, share that love and that care. And prayer becomes more than just a desire and a words, but prayer becomes marching orders for the community to respond to the needs and the brokenness in its midst. In our baptisms, we have been connected into that community. We have been connected with that life and that love of God in Christ. In our baptisms, God brings us together at the start of the story and shares with us the love, the love that knows no end, a love that passes all understanding. And it is that love that we find when we reach out in prayer. When we reach out in prayer in our struggles, in our lives, let us be mindful of God's presence, of God's dream that all shall be together, of our love that, that God shows us in that life of Jesus. May the water turn into wine. May we find connection with God. And may in that connection all of our prayers be answered. Amen.